When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome on back to the boys 161st Street. This is episode 225. Uh, Everybody's here. Almost got a full house except for Murphy. Ugh. Not sure what he's doing, but he won't what be here he today. I don't know. He, he just got a new fishing pole for his birthday. He did. Exactly. I gotta assume that's not, what it is. Yeah, that has to be it. I wonder what um, she's doing back there. <laughs> so, <laughs> welcome on back into the podcast. Apologize. Apologize for not recording on Thursday. The fellas were a little busy. These fellas to my right or left, whatever it is, we're going up to Saratoga to watch some horses race. Oh yeah, um, almost I, came up big. Yeah. Almost came up. Big. Almost came up big. Just tell that story. A, just a nose just short, a literal nose short. Yeah, yeah. So tough scenes out of those folks over there. I did not get to make it to Saratoga, but I was in Maine enjoying some well, mm. last. The last that doesn't beach. sound nearly as cool as you. Think it doesn't. It is, but yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't get to go gamble or have fun with my friends. But I all right. Well, I was I was enjoying was the the last few days of summer that we have left. Although it's still pretty fucking hot here, um, but I mean, you're going to Maine, so theoretically you're going for it was cooler, a cooler weather there. there. Yeah, yeah, I liked so. it. It was like 77. Yeah, that's not enjoyable. Good, uh, that's good. Uh, long sleeve short weather. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, was by, I was we made a fire. I yeah. had a long sleeve short situation. A little bit of wine. It was it was a nice situation. Yeah. Murph ran out of propane for his electric fire, so we just sat in the dark. Okay, we guess. So for comparing weekends, I think. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anywho, the Yankees had a uh, less than, I was going to say less than ideal weekend, but they had a all right weekend. No, the the final no, two games. Didn't. Their weekend was shitty. You should not split a series against the A's. The weekend was bad. Yeah, Correct. It's better than what it has They're been. They're actively tanking. Is that a better way to say? Although I, I, I don't think, I think it's fair to write off game four of the A's series because I don't think we had a chance because there was the Moneyball pregame ceremony. So they were, they were recognizing the 2004 Moneyball mm. team. So I, it was over before it started there. So we, you throw that game away and then we, we won the series two to one. So, yeah. And we, we lost, was we lost an extras too, right? It wasn't like it was a shitty game. I mean, we got no hit for 15 or one hit for 15. <laughs> they innings. had one hit through 15 innings. All right, I mean, it's not great. Dating like, back to game three at that point, which yeah. I guess I could start there with my little analysis that I put together before Please do. Um, the, uh, the podcast here. So it's just, it was, it was about hits and I noticed it. Well, obviously I've, the Yankees have been hitting not a lot of baseballs recently uh, for the last like <laughs> two or three months. So, but specifically in the last 30 days, I was trying to figure out like, obviously everybody here and everybody listening knows the storyline right now. The Yankees are not playing well as a whole offensively, but Aaron judge is playing well. So, and if you also look back to the last series, there was one game, I think it was game. 
game one actually yeah it was 13 to 4 we won and there was 20 hits total in the game so if that's obviously an outlier game. So I was basically trying to figure out how many hits per game we've been averaging for the last month uh, as compared to the league and then as compared to the playoff teams. That's why I was asking you guys what the, the good te- which teams are good this year. <laughs> so gotcha. um, essentially, first, I wanted to look at the hits total and the number of games played. So in the 30-day span, there's been 26 games played. So there's been 202 hits over that time span for the entire Yankees team that as a hit, I, and then basically I took judges hits and then the team without that 20 hit game as an outlier. So the hits per game, just regular raw numbers with judge included and the outlier game are 7.7 hits per game. Okay. Uh, subtract out the 20 game outlier drops down to seven hits per game. It's almost a full point point seven if you want to be exact here and then if you take out judges hits per game or judges total hits from that calculation it drops all the way down to six. So that was what I was trying to look for because Judge is basically a one-man show right now and it's really not helping us. Um, and then I want to compare that number, that six number, because I don't, uh, I don't watch every other team as intently as I do the Yankees, but I'm quite sure not everybody's doing uh, just the one-man show thing. Baseball's a team game, and I think we're doing that uh, not in a good way. You so. see that, uh, that fake quote by Joey Gallo? What? It was like Instagram post with like a quote graphic. And in very small text was like, Joey Gallo did not say this, but he may have. <laughs> and it was, was like, like three weeks ago. Yeah. I'm, it's relevant now. Welcome, okay. welcome I'm just rip. saying it was like, it was like, uh, man, I'm happy to be in the Dodgers. When I was, the, was when I was on the Yankees, it was just like the Aaron Judge show every night. And there was one guy in the lineup doing everything. Now that I came to Dodgers, it's like we have nine Aaron Judges in the lineup and everyone's doing something. <laughs> See, now that's, that's obviously a fake quote, but it's, it's true. It's very it's true. true. <laughs> and I wanted to paint that picture. So, with Judge and the outlier gone, I mean, if you take the outlier out and just do the difference between Judge alone and the regular team, it's a full point down. I mean, that's what we're per game. that has us hitting what somewhere around two hundred. Probably like I don't know, I don't have that number in front of me, but probably around there. Um, I mean, if you probably assume, below that, to be if honest. you assume three at bats a game, that's twenty seven outs. You're six. I'll get back to you with the math, but that's still um, not right. So, so with Judge out and the outlier out, we're down to six hits per game. Not great. And then when you compare that to the rest of the league. Altogether, not just the playoff teams, but every single team, including the ones that are intentionally tanking, like the team that we just split a series against, um, they are at 8.7 versus our six. Which is below. Uh, we have six. They have yep. 8.7. Yep. Yep. Um, and then among the playoff teams, that being, or just the teams that are good, uh, like St. Louis, the Dodgers, Atlanta, uh, Philly, the Mets, etc., Houston, they are at 9.7. So the teams that we're going to be playing against in the very near future, in about a month, are uh, getting a lot more hits per game. And uh, how do you win baseball games? You get, get on hits, base. But you get on base. Get on but, base. Uh, we're not doing it at a very high clip without our guy Judge, and that's just nobody obviously wants this to happen. It hasn't really happened this year, knock on wood. But if Judge were to go down, this team is fucking screwed. We're done. Terrorist. We're done. We have no fucking chance. So but- I just wanted to paint that picture. Everybody sees it. The writing's on the wall. Judge is this entire team in both a power fashion, which that was obvious, but I wanted to paint the picture for just hitting for contact and average too, because when you look at it, we talked about him potentially having a triple crown a couple of weeks ago. It's I don't think that's really going to happen now, but he's still sitting around 200, uh, 300. Yeah. Excuse how, me. how hard would it be for you to look at extra base hits in there? Because that's one thing that I've noticed just watching, and I think anybody has too. It doesn't take a lot to notice it, but 
when we do get hits, it's not like we're making hard contact. And they were pointing it out the other night. They're like, yeah, the Yankees have eight hits, but only one of them is an extra base hit, and they're getting fucking shut out again because they were just blooping singles. You can string yeah. together a hit or two, but you can't do any damage. I, I deleted some of that information, but um, I could get back to you next episode. But I, 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 I'm seeing the same thing you are, and I think those numbers come into play. Like the hard hit uh, per, uh, barrel percentage and all that. A lot of just the eye test will tell you that we're not hitting the baseball as well, and that's a like Aaron Hicks is hitting bloop singles. Like the, he's a perfect example of that. Like he's getting some hits when, but when he does get a hit, it's not a really. it's a bloop. Aaron Hicks got booed in Oakland. That was so really funny. In a twenty or a thirteen to whatever game, thirteen zero game, he got his first at bat, struck out, and they booed the fuck out of him. Yeah, the booze are just really him, funny, which is crazy. Because it's kind of sad, but also not really. You like said you were going to have a there. yeah, but. There was like they had twenty thousand one game. Did they? Yeah, keeping the lights on. Like go Yankee fans. But yeah. I, anyway, I just want to put that out there because that's a little bit wild to me. Um, it's not wild to me. But that's I, off to you. When you said you were doing analysis, I thought you were just like reading articles and like yeah, Aaron Judge is no, hitting the home I, runs and it rubs some sticks together, put some math in. Um, but yeah, I, I think that was a little interesting to look at. Takeaways. Sad. I mean, we don't score enough, so it clearly is, uh, resembles that stat. You got to yep. score to win. Got to score to win. You got to get hits to win. I mean, seeing them put out 13 that one night was, was fun. Yeah. That was awesome. Haven't seen that in a long time, but other than that, we got it shut was, down. Yeah. But we got shut down besides that. That's why I'm saying it. Even if you want to take it as a split, the second game that J.P. Sears threw, he gave up one big hit. It was a three-run home run to judge. Yeah, Outside it, of that one swing... We scored zero runs between then. I think in the 12th inning on fucking what day is today? Monday? So Saturday. I think in the 12th inning, we scored two on an error with the ghost runner. I think it was ghost runner, walk, walk, error. Yeah. And then on Sunday, or yeah, we scored what? Which game Yesterday, we scored one. So Yesterday, we scored one. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's an four excuse. one. The game before that we lost three two. The game before that we won three two, and the game before that we won thirteen four. Positive takeaway: Cabrera's starting to smoke the baseball. That's actually what and I was going to look at. I right feel now. very, very confident in him going forward. I think he's going to make the playoff roster. Jack Curry said he thinks he's making an interesting case for the playoff roster, and he's a spokesman of the Yankees, basically. So, I I, th- I, I was going to make that case as well because in games one and two he had three hits both nights so if you want to do the math he had six across two games that's a lot of hits and when you when i just brought up that argument about the rest of the team not hitting a lot of baseballs um if you want to go even one step further and remove him from that in the last 30 days then it gets a little bit even even worse so it's it's really honestly just and and benetendi's starting to heat up a little bit too but more room for optimism and i'm no i'm not the perennial optimist here but more room for optimism, which take it with a grain of salt because you should still win. You're playing in Oakland, but why the Yankees historically struggle at Oakland. I think it was six or seven balls that we hit in that series that would have been home runs at like 17 ballparks. So, and I think like three of those or and I, I think it was six balls and like four of them were outs. So if you want to stay on the train of optimism here, Please do. You want to desperately need it. Do you want to address the uh, Domingo Herman situation? Yeah, we can address that briefly. He's been very good. Well, I know. I just wanted to bring it up because previously we haven't had any faith in Domingo, and now we were talking about him just 
turning him into glue. And now he's, I think he's making a case to be, I don't know about be a starter in the playoff rotation because I hope that doesn't end up being the case. I hope it's Montas figuring it out. And I hope it's obviously Cole, Montas, Nestor, those three. And then you just kind of piece together the remainder of the, uh, the innings that are going to be thrown out there out of the bullpen. Um, but I think he's making a case for a big time bullpen role. And that's uh, something that we obviously had been talking about him for years and what he's his real role on this team would be. Um, but I mean, at the same time, he showed flashes of being a really he was pr- our ace productive for a starter and- for an entire year. And th- I mean, there are, are a few times that I can remember that he has taken no hitters late into games. He actually just did it again. I don't know what game that was. That was game was, three. Yeah. He had his final line last game was seven point two innings, three hits, no hits through five or in the middle of the fifth. Um, he gave up two right before he got pulled. Yeah, zero so, runs, zero walks. I mean, in August, he's got a two oh eight ERA and a WHIP under one, thirty four innings, six walks, twenty two Ks. So, so with that all being said, what do you think his role will be, or what is he working towards his role being? I, I honestly, I He'll would be say, a long relief. I would say he has more than worked into the. He, he's in the playoff. We're talking about Cabrera being in the playoff roster and getting a legit shot at making a, an impact during the playoffs. I think Domingo has already solidified that. I don't think that's Just, a and question. It's, it's more so of the fact that the rest of the team is shaky, and he's. it's not just this year. He showed areas where he's blown up, and he showed areas where he's been a very consistent, I wouldn't say dominant, but I would say just a very consistent starter for us for a very long time. So I'll, I'll say this. I think that he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt for good reason. I mean, he's not a good person, so it's, he's not like a super likable guy. I mean, that's just the bottom line. That's why everybody want, loves to hate on him. And, you know, he came out his first start and gave up five runs. We're like, oh, there we go. There's that fucking guy. Just, you know, he sucks as a person, sucks as a player. And between the bitter taste of you know, what he does off the field and then his very first start getting fucking just walloped, I think he gave up like four home runs in the first inning. That's a hard taste to get out of people's mouth. Uh, it really is. And he had another blow up start somewhere in the middle of that. But I mean, he's really settled in over the last month. And I, I, th- I think that he'll be on the playoff roster. I don't really think it's a question. It's just a matter of where. And I think he'll slot in to a two or three inning reliever role. He'll probably Especially be when you what have Chad Green has been in years past. He'll be exactly a good, like good version of Chad Green. I'm hoping to see that out of. He'll be the go. guy that comes in. Nestor Cortez, you don't want him going a third time through the line. And I'm just using that as an example. I know Nestor's been amazing, but a guy like that, that you maybe don't want to get a third time through uh, uh, like the Astros lineup because he's never done it on that stage before, and that makes sense. So you have a 2-1 series lead. Nestor gives you five strong, gives up a couple runs, say 2-3, and you need a guy to you know get you some innings, get you to the next game. And give you a good chance to win. That's where Domingo Herman fits in. Yeah, I could, uh, I can easily see. And I hope this doesn't happen. Obviously, but I could easily see one of these playoff games. Don't you say piggyback, Damon? Piggyback. You're gonna say that? I was oh, not like, gonna say okay, piggyback. opener and then Domingo piggybacks. No. Well, yes, but not opener. I was gonna say someone's just the bed and they take him. They take well, yeah, him that, that would be oh, his yeah. role. That would be, and that's the role that like, we I could would... see. I could see Montas like not having it one day. I'm not shitting on Montas. I'm just saying that as an example. Like I could see Montas shit in the bed first two innings and then 
uh, Domingo comes in and finishes. Well, that's not shit in the like shitting on him for no reason. Uh, that's exactly my concern with Montas. In a really big, good. No, but I'm, no, but my concerns with him in a big game. He's a guy coming from a small market. Obviously, I think he can figure it out. I hope, but you know, he's a guy that has zero playoff experience. I'm sure. Does he have any playoff experience? He hasn't I been mean, on I mean, the A's so. while they've been good. I, I, I mean, the A's are good like every third year. Yeah. He's been in the league for like. Regardless, seven years, he has so. minimal playoff experience. And with that being said, outside of, I'm, I don't even know if he has any, but regardless, he has less than you'd ask for. And yeah. I, there's obvious concern with him going to a big market and high leverage situations. So I'm curious to see, but that that is honestly, I'd hate to say it. It's like a likely scenario is that he blows up similar to what we've seen Sevy do in years past in yep. play, playoff games. And then what do you do? You have to figure it out for the remainder of the, the innings of that game. And I think that person is totally Domingo. Montas has a yeah. 10 ERA in the playoffs. Okay. It's probably like a couple innings. <laughs> a two innings pitched, yeah. one run, 3.2 innings pitched, five runs. He's still yep. two games. The wild card in 2020 and the DS in 2020. Yeah. Also, I didn't know this, which kind of bothers me, but also not really in a weird way. Did you know he was suspended 80 games? Who? Montas. Did not know that. When? I think 2019. PEDs. Bad guy? I don't think so. Well, I don't think he's going to get to Hall of Fame now. I don't, I don't think that. Not that he was worried anyway, about so. that. I don't know. Just something worth noting. I think if he keeps blowing, not keeps because he had a really good game last outing, but you know what I mean. If he comes out and he shits the bed a couple more times, I think that's something that people use against him. And Yeah. Not for me to put it out in the world, but it's something worth noting. Uh, speaking of things that people are going to use against them, you want to talk about Chapman for a second? Because I got this notification. I wasn't paying attention to the Twitter world that day, but I got the notification from the score that um, it says Chapman sidelined with leg injury. And then when I looked deep into it, it was like caused by a tattoo yeah. infection. And it just, I actually audibly started laughing. Because it's the most Chapman thing ever. It's the most Chapman thing ever. And I have a few qualms with this that, I, that I'm sure everybody else has too. And any, anybody who has any sort of tattoo or knows about tattoos, you know that you need to like take care of that wound. I mean, it's literally cutting your body open. So he got bigger, a I have full, a bigger qualm than that. I know, but, but regardless, it's just, his sister. It's not a small tattoo. Exactly. Even more <laughs> so. But I'm just saying, when you get a tattoo, there are a number of factors that will cause an infection. It's a very high likelihood that an infection is caused. And anybody listening that has a tattoo will know this. It's sunlight, <laughs> which uh, inevitably he plays a lot of games outside. Dirt, which he plays on. And just, I mean, he sweats a fuckload too, so that's definitely going to be adding to the infection. He just also like, shit himself a year ago. I mean, yeah, I if he gets a little shit a, in there too, then yeah. it's, it's definitely going to get infected. But it's just, I feel like it's just a fucking ridiculously stupid thing to do during the season. And that's what I was going to say. During the season, like, you're about to enter the fucking well, playoff race. Yeah, you're going to fucking big-ass tattoo. Spin on that. It gives you an excuse to cheat. Ask Jose Altuve. What? Remember he said that he couldn't take his jersey off? Ugh, with the buzzer because he got a tattoo and his Whatever. wife would be embarrassed. Whatever. Just trying to make light of a situation. Honestly, though, are we really that upset? Like, obviously, I don't want the guy to get hurt, but like, do we really want that's him It's not out? hurt. That's being a fucking idiot. Yeah, that's fair. But I'm saying, like, do you really want him out there in October closing games or even giving you uh, any meaningful It's a wholly different conversation, though. Like, it's. But it's not. 
This, now, is, this is him being an idiot versus him being a bad baseball player. Yeah, but they're correlated because now he's not playing baseball, which is good for us. I guess, but that's what I'm, I'm getting more, at. Are you really upset that he's not? I like, yes, I'm upset that he's a fucking jackass and clearly doesn't really take into consideration what he's doing. But tell me, that's a shocker that a Roldis judgment, a Roldis Chapman has poor judgment. I mean, he, another guy that's been suspended for some, uh, as Murph would coin it, extracurriculars. Like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's not like that. This is super shocking that he did something stupid. All I'm saying is that I didn't want him anywhere near a mound in the postseason anyway. Yeah. So, but I mean, when I'm you not heartbroken that he's out. The last 30 days, he hasn't been the worst. He's, did you see his last outing before they just stopped using him? Yeah, I'm just. Uh, but his last nine games, he's given up three runs, which is uh, that's that's improvement for him considering every other game. The fact that you on. have to have that caveat though means that he shouldn't be getting high leverage innings. No, I know. But I, I think with the way this bullpen's been and the injuries that we've had, obviously Clay Holmes uh, reinstated today, but the bullpen's not the issue right now. It's certainly like there's not, not scoring runs is the issue. That doesn't mean that this isn't an issue either. That means that there is a bigger issue than the other one, but that Loisig doesn't mean that been, there's room for improvement. Loisig has been dominant for probably three weeks now, give or take. Um, yeah, he's given up two earned runs in his last 12 outings. Yeah, it looks really good. So Loisig looks good. Uh, Wandy looks good. Uh, fucking Lou Trevino looks pretty good. I mean, there's nobody. I mean, Ron Marinaccio, he gave up that two run home run, but we know what he's been doing. I, the Weissert kid that came up, I know he had a rough start, just getting the jitters out. It's not like he was just throwing bad pitches. He just couldn't find the fucking strike zone because he was nervous. So what? Came out the next day or two days later and was throwing, you know, some of the nastiest pitches you'll see. So uh, right. I have and a, and lot a lot of people- confidence in the people in that bullpen to where I don't like right now, even with our banged up bullpen. Aroldis Chapman's not in my top three or four on the trust tree, the like metaphorical trust tree. Sorry that I struggled to get that word out, but like I'm just thinking because who, right, who do you take the him team? Over? Like that's, that's no, why I'm, that's why I'm just he's going to pitch. We're going to need him to pitch, and in pitch situations him. like when the starter Frankie Montas gets pulled early, that's just more innings that other people need to make up, and he's one of those guys that we're going to need to be using, whether it's in a in a high leverage spot at the end of games or it's in the middle of the games, and he's in like the fifth or sixth or seventh, which I don't think he ever would be. It'd be in like the sixth, seventh, eighth area if he's not closing out games because they have been kind of closing by committee lately with like Wandy and. But and that's Luke another Trevino thing. Chapman hasn't like. closed and. I'm, no, I'm saying it, I'm saying it hurts the, the team overall outside of closing because he's he would be used in a different spot. Like, but I would say there's more capable pitchers on the roster right now that are getting those innings. Is what I'm getting at is that it hurts the team. Sure, that you're missing an arm, but you're replacing with another arm that's just as good, if not better. I still have some faith in Chapman to be a average pitcher, and an average pitcher is something that drastically helps the bullpen when you get into but that. But we've got that. plenty of average pitchers. That's what I'm saying. We've got plenty of average bullpen arms. If that's what you want is an average pitcher, which I don't even think he's that at this point in his career, he throws a 96-mile-an-hour fastball down the middle that he can't locate. That's an a- that's below average. You have plenty of guys All I'm like saying that. is it hurts the team, and it's just it's such an avoidable thing. No, that's I, you can't say it doesn't avoid it doesn't hurt the team. I don't no. think it hurts the team. It's very avoidable and stupid, but I don't think it's I don't think that's going to have a massive impact on the team. If anything, I think it has a positive impact because now there's no mm. pressure on him at all. There's Did no pressure the on putting on him that? in the game. 
Did they say what the timeline is no. for him? They said they expect him back sometime I mean, in can, the end of can September. Can it be that long? I mean, well, now I mean, now we're dealing with a situation where he's going to be out for the foreseeable future, and then he's going to be rusty when he comes to the playoffs. And then, do you think they're going to insert him into games just raw? They're going to have to. I think I his mean, role. I think this but... absolutely alters whatever his role was going to be before this. Let's say he kept pitching. We were we were just talking. I think without this <laughs> infection from a tattoo of his sister's face on his whatever. It, it, he would probably be pitching in the seventh, eighth maximum. So I think, but they're not going to use him in a spot that they're winning anyway. That's what they've shown for right. But since I'm, he I'm came just back saying, from his phantom I, IL, is I'm that just saying I think this absolutely will impact the way they were planning on using him in the playoffs if he does return from this horrifying injury. <laughs> I think I saw something. I think not? it was like Dan Rourke talking about that he would. might lose his leg. Absolutely. I don't know. I'm not going to report on that without. That's a massive. Uh, not actually, but I think that it was like an actual threat. I don't know if. A staph infection? I don't, I don't know. That'd be I'm ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, he might lose his leg. That's the word on the street, Dan Allen Rourke. Right, well, we'll see. I don't know if that is uh, satire or not, but. Well, Clay Holmes is back in the bullpen. Yeah, that's cool. Hopefully, this little phantom IL helped him. That was such a phantom injury. That's like that was, that was like Serving I've never seen min- someone bounce back from an injury so quickly. I mean, he served the minimum time. I know, served the minimum time. I mean, he's he in did. prison, and then he came back. Well, I just liked his answer too. They're like, "What's wrong?" He's like, "Yeah, my back's a little sore." They're like, "Oh, like is it okay?" He's like, yeah, "It's fine. Like, I'll be, I'll be all right." Probably miss like I don't know ten days. So, what are your expectations for him? I mean, we're recording this on Monday night before the. First game in the Angels series. What are your expectations? Do you think? I mean, we've been closing by committee. Obviously, Wandy closed out game two. Trevino closed out game three. Uh, I don't think that changes. I think, especially, I think especially the way he was thrown beforehand. I mean, I think he's going to have to come back in a middle, you know, like a seven, six, seven, eight roll, something like that. Get him back in, into the swing of things. Um, I don't know. It I totally just. I, depends I don't think on, he, I don't think he comes out and closes tonight's game if it's a safe situation. I think, I think it, it probably won't. Totally be. depends on the bullpen usage. If they're getting, I mean, that sounds like a cop out answer, but if they're getting, taxed, it could, yeah, yeah, it could. if they're getting taxed and they have to use guys, it wouldn't shock me to see them close games. It wouldn't. It, anything from six to nine would not shock me. In it, in any scope of uh, leverage or anything like that. I could see him coming in any role at all. Like even if it's we have a five run lead and it's just to ease him back into it, I could see that. On the flip side, if you have to use your bullpen and you know things come down to it, I could see him closing out a game. I think yeah. it depends on where they are in the lineup. If you have seven, eight, nine, and it's the ninth inning and Clay Holmes hasn't been used, I could see him coming in there. If you have same ordeal in the eighth, I could see that or yeah, a whole just range of things i don't think he has a set in stone role at this point yeah i mean and, uh, and i think that goes for the entire bullpen i don't think anybody in this bullpen right now has a set role i think we have that's, be- mean, that's because we have no closer exactly like, it's but, hard to find but we the don't even have a role. bona fide high leverage guy outside of marinaccio and maybe wandy so well i think i think part of that is due to the fact that we literally haven't had a closer that's reliable we've just been yeah. throwing people in random situations the entire not the entire year but the last few months so yeah. i think that I, my expectations of clay holmes i don't fucking know but what I, I need out of him is to come back and fucking be a closer for us because if we don't have a closer going to the playoffs then that's we're not going to win anything 
And we need him to be the closer. Obviously, to close games out, but also just to fill the void of the rest of the bullpen and help the rest of the bullpen figure out their roles for the playoffs. We can't just go in there and just fucking... They're going to ride the high hand in the playoffs. I know they are, but like that's not, there's that's no, not how you're going to win. I don't think there's enough time for him to reestablish himself as a closer. There's less... Clay than, Holmes? Yeah, I don't, there's I don't there's a month true. left. Yeah, there's a month left, and they're going to be resting people. I mean... There's yeah, but we know we, we know what he can do. If he if he shows any life of what he was previously, like a historic run of Yankees closing. I mean, he showed that he can he, he can, can do string it. that together for at least 30 days. So if he does that for the next 30 days, even w- way less than that. But that's too. assuming that he's going to go right back into that closer role. I'm saying I don't know I that think, there's enough I time to bring can. him back, get him enough spots in that role, and to prove it in that role for him to be the bona fide, just signed, sealed, delivered closer. I don't think he needs to prove it in that role. I mean, I think, he does a little bit, but I think he mainly needs to prove that he can pitch better and pitch like the way he used to pitch. Well, yeah, but to be the closer, the set in stone closer in the playoffs, you have to prove you can do it in that role. Of course. Over a sustained yeah, yeah, time, yeah. Which is why I don't think there's enough time. Because like you said, I think, I think the most realistic scenario is that he is going to get options in the seventh and the eighth in the ninth and it's going to just bounce around for a little bit and say he has a dominant three outings. The Yankees don't use relievers three days in a row. So if he's going to pitch three, four times, that's going to be over the span of a week, a week and a half. Uh, That's just getting back into your groove. Then you're down to what? Three weeks, two and a half weeks. Yeah. And then if you ease him into the closer role there, then you have to have the save opportunities and then you have to have enough of those save opportunities for him to, actually set himself aside and just be that much better than everyone to be the closer. So uh, I'll tell you this. If they go to him in October, it won't be necessarily because he has worked himself into consistently dominating to earn it, but because they have faith in him to be that guy. And I'm fine with that because this team has so many fucking holes right now. If you ask me right now, gun to my head, if they had a chance to win the World Series, I'd tell you very slim. So Yeah, but at what point do you just... Because in my mind, obviously there's no there's no closer right now. We're gonna be just riding the hot hand. Like, I'd I'd almost rather like if I see Clay Holmes showing signs of life because we know what he can do. I'd almost rather just take the risk and throw him out there to close the game. If I if even if he doesn't have the reps out there, but I, I also think, don't. I, I, too. I also don't mind the closer by committee because we have. I don't like that at all. I, so here's the thing: I don't mind like Scott Efros. I don't mind seeing him close out games. I don't When's he mind. Coming back? Huh? When's he coming back? I think the minimum, maybe a little after. I don't know for sure. Off the but even so, like, that's going to be another guy who's coming off Rusty. Yeah, but. I don't know. I, if Chapman comes back, he's going to be... He's not going to get... They're whatever, not going to use Chapman to close. You don't th- no, I'm not saying for closing. I'm saying that is just... I forgot about Efros. That him, Clay Holmes, Chapman, however much he's going to be used, he's going to be used in some capacity. That's three big arms that are coming off and are going to be light on reps in the last 30 days before the playoffs. So I think that's, what they're, cause I think that's what they're trying to do. I mean, all to, to well, be, the Clay Holmes one is a phantom. That's, that's what something trying that to do. we've been talking. I think that's about. what they're doing with Nestor. Also, we haven't talked about Nestor, and yeah. Nestor is very obviously having an. I know we joke about the phantom injury thing, but the Nestor one and the Clay the Clay Holmes one, he was pitching poorly. Nestor Cortez went eight innings the day he hurt his hamstring. Nestor Cortez is one million percent on an innings limit, and this is their way of manipulating that. 
And I wouldn't even say manipulating. That is their way of controlling his amount of innings. He's never thrown this much before in his fucking life. That's yeah. what we talked about all season. That goes down to the bullpen, the starters outside of Garrett Cole. Everybody on this team is pretty much on an innings limit because it's all new to them. So that's fine. Yeah, it's everybody I'm not just worried has, about has the been IL getting steps. a much larger role than they ever have in the past. Exactly. And I'm not upset about that. I, I just it's interesting to me. Like, is there it's like what's the what's the difference between just saying like we're gonna give him some rest? Is there any kind of you can't put him on the aisle? You can't put him on the aisle for being tired. tired. I guess I guess what it is is you get the extra roster. Get the roster. Spot. You can exactly. just be like, hey, I'm putting you on the like, yeah. I'm gonna rest. Just like no, because I was saying these ten guys I, I, I are gonna nap about, in the dugout. No, I forgot about that for a second. So you would get the. Extra remember remember spot, when uh, so. Tim Duncan was on his last year? They're like, why is sitting him? He's like, oh, he's old. <laughs> like that was that was the reason. He was like, yeah, he's old. He's just reminded me of that that Twins announcer. Earlier this year is like you know uh, Miguel Sano. He's uh, he went down to the minors. That's not because of uh, injury. He's just fat. <laughs> so that's just I guess uh, Nestor's not really fat, but he's fat. a little out of shape. Maybe disagree. I think he's, he's a just athletic not, no, he's, he's not. He's not conditioned. He's not conditioned for this yet. So yeah, I've, I'm very happy with that move. I know we haven't talked about that yet, but that was I very, wouldn't mind seeing Ron Marinaccio get closer time. I don't know why they're so hesitant to do it. So, He's been our best bullpen arm yeah, over the of, course of the entire season. I against uh, Stephen Vote, who has been. I mean, that's the first home run he's given up to. I know, and a lot of people. I, I saw a lot of people. I guess I'll pivot this into the Boone conversation too, because a lot of people were like, "Oh my god, like that's who you put in the in, in the spot like that." There's also his in, third like, inning pitching. But regardless, that like, or leaving him in is the is the worry that a lot of people were talking about. Marinaccio has been one of the best pitchers that we've had for the last year, uh, season, long period of time, um, at least in the bullpen. And that is not a mistake on Boone's part, having him in there. So No, he's so entitled to having one outing where he gives up a home run. He's not perfect. Nobody in the fucking game is no, I mean, perfect. We, Evan we Diaz use, will give up a home run at some point. I know, and they're not going to pitch look at, look at. I know we used this example before, but, I mean, Josh Hader has allowed, like, what twenty eight runs in the last twenty eight outings? Yeah, it's no. It's like his ERA is like a 20, so he's got twenty six ERA since yeah. joining the Padres. I mean, you have six without recording. Reliever volatility is a, is a real thing, and we're seeing it at a, at the highest level with Josh Hader, who literally did not allow a run for a year plus. If you carry back to last year, so I mean, anybody who thinks that or is worried about Marinaccio after that. I mean, that's that's one home run. If it continues and snowballs because he's a young player and he just he yeah. can't unsee the ghost of Steven Vogt, <laughs> then that's, I guess, cause for concern. I'm not but even remotely no. worried about um, that. To me, and you know what? The, that's not even the story in that game. The story of that game is the fact that you got one hit through 13 innings or 14 innings or whatever. He should never have had to throw three innings in the first place. Like, all of these are avoidable things, and a lot of this team's problems are avoidable, at least on the pitching side, if the offense could figure it the fuck out and find any kind of consistency at all. Yeah, and also you're talking about stories of that game, too. That The only two runs we scored in that game were Run gifted from a, a wild pitch. Yeah. Both on the same single wild pitch. Exactly. And that's... So, I, we didn't even get a hit to get those runners on. And the, I think A's, it was walk, the walk. A's only had one earned run in that game, too. So that was just a shitty game overall. But I mean the that the A's tried to give you games. The last game, they were kicking the ball around every fucking inning. They dropped routine pop flies. They threw balls away, and you can't push runs across. I mean, you so can't are we, push though. hits. That was my biggest concern with the, the Yankees point. this last at least four games. You're making plus, my point. 
But I uh, know I am. Okay. I, I'm not no, against you. I'm not. just saying like the, the brand of baseball the Yankees have been playing as of late, obviously not getting a lot of hits, like I mentioned at the top of the show, but just been a sloppy brand of baseball. I mean, in the in the last series alone, albeit it was four games, they got picked off from what I can remember as three times. They threw two big balls away. One of the throws ended up losing us the game and DJ fucking up a, a tailor made double play to end the end the inning mm-hmm. and he throws the ball away and they score the run in, in the eleventh or whatever it was. It was yeah, it was the eleventh. And the A's walk it off, but like little things like that, like Rizzo tripping around first base to not make it a and double, double play the, immediately. Then immediately yep. double play after that. Like that obviously you it, you can't say like, oh like Rizzo, that's sloppy you trips, but like little things like that. Like that is just a microcosm of what's been happening for this team for yeah. the last like month plus. And we sh- that's something that I guess maybe you could be a little less concerned because I like, that's just kind of the yips and it's not performance. Like that's just, I don't think they're going to be throwing balls away. Like DJ is a gold glover. He's not going to throw balls away like that all the time. That's more random than it is trend. So, and Rizzo, I don't think he's going to fall rounding first a lot. Like it's just those things getting picked off is the one thing that I, I am a little upset about. I know judge got picked off that one time, but he was full blown stealing. That's why he got picked off. And he, the, the guy just had a good move, but like IKF getting on and getting picked off immediately. Just like these things are really starting to bother me. What? Cause the, like, we can't get people on to begin with. And then you're just giving them out. Yeah, well, what's fucking that's us why, is what, not one, the... one more thing is like, that's why the A's, the Moneyball A's, just outlawed stealing because you don't want the statistical advantage is just keeping the guy on and moving him over. And you don't want to just give away outs when you just got the player on, especially when they're scarce right now. Okay. So that coupled with, it's not the people that we expect to suck. Like IKF as a whole in that lineup. Fine. Uh, Hicks when he plays, which is scarce now is a hole in that lineup. Josh Donaldson, auto out, hole in that lineup. But it's the regular guys, and we touched on it a little bit last time, but it has the sample size has grown and grown and grown. DJ LeMahieu, his OPS is in the 300s over the last 15 games. I mean, Anthony Rizzo, his OPS is in the four or 500s over the last 15 games. Our regulars that are supposed to be cementing the middle of that lineup, like DJ LeMahieu right now is batting five. That's supposed to be driving in runs, doing stuff like that after the people are supposedly getting on. And he can't put the ball in fucking play. And when he does, he grounds into a double play. Rizzo's striking out a shitload. Labor Torres. Labor Torres is a lost cause right now. He like, has a 26 WRC plus over the last 30 days. That's really bad. That's really bad. Is it? It's very bad. For reference, <laughs> that's <laughs> very fucking bad. That's uh, The only person right now that's producing is Aaron Judge. He has, a ne- he has, he has almost a negative one, full one war in the last 30 days. Labor Torres shit, says. man. He's striking out at 33.3%. He's batting 176. He has a 200 on base in the last 25 full games. He's also just making stupid fucking mistakes. Like that play against the Mets, I don't think we've talked since then, but do you see that play on the ball that Pete Alonso scored on that he just fucking sat there, stared at Pete Alonso, who scored from first on this ball, who was tripped, Caught dead to rights, and he opted to run and try and get Mark Canna at second, who beat him there, and then Pete Alonso just walked home. It's stupid fucking just no, like, awareness, no... It's just like he's not paying attention to what's going on in front of him. And that's the most frustrating part, because he has plays, and 
I'd shout out to whoever it is who said this, but I saw this and I just, it makes you think about it because he has plays where you're like, holy shit, baseball or Glaber Torres is the smartest baseball player of all time. Like the game against the Astros last year where he stole second, third and home on one pitch. And we're like, yeah. okay, this guy's fucking awesome. He's paying attention. He's into it. And then there's plays like that that are directly costing the team runs, like very important runs. And then he, He'll have a ball that should be a hit that he loafs, or he'll drop a fly ball, or just something stupid where it's like he's not even fucking trying or paying attention. You're no, like, it Dude, seems what like are it seems like he just doing? has like a really, really small attention span, and like when he cares and tries to pay attention, he's really like on it because he's he knows baseball. Yeah, but a lot of the times he's just caught like look like, just, just dozing, just dozing off. Is there is there a world where you think that we're talking about? You know, we're a month out, so we're really I mean we're not gonna miss the playoffs, obviously. So we're gearing up for the It's not obvious. I think it's I we think have it's a seven game obvious. lead and we play the Rays like fifteen times. Right, we can still not make, I mean, I'm it's about not thirty worried. days. There's thirty days left. And there's it's three eight. wild card teams. I'm not that would be a catastrophic Do you know how many games we've dropped and in we the ju- last and we just games? got we just got Clay Holmes back, we just got Stanton back who's hitting the ball well. Like I, I don't have concerns there. Our match, I, I our match number was like thirty like two weeks ago. It's thirty one right now. Okay, I have concerns, obviously, for the playoffs, and I, I think, Absolutely I, 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 do. I think it's fair to just say we're not missing the playoffs, mainly because you can't assume a catastrophic downfall like that. If it happens, they got one by me. Like, I, sorry for assuming that they're going to make the playoffs. At I'm this not point. assuming anything. I'm just saying it's not a foregone conclusion okay. like it was. If we do make the playoffs. Is there a world where Glaber Torres is not in the starting lineup? Yeah, absolutely. On, on an everyday I think, basis. I think what you'll see if all things hold equal over the next month, that you'll see a rotation of Josh Donaldson and Glaber Torres kind of in that super utility infielder and DH role as you work Cabrera in, you work DJ in. Because we're going to get Bader back too, and that's going to shift. Bader that's going to shift Cabrera Carpenter out back. of the outfield, probably more into the infield role. Yep. And and the way Cabrera is playing, I want his bat and his. Exactly. I mean, he's just been making ridiculous plays in the field too. He's a highlight reel on both sides of the ball, and I mean, also even the outs, Cabrera. I want to give him a little bit more love because the outs that he's been making, he just crushes the ball. Like yeah. he had a triple taken away from him. I think I don't know what game it was, but he wrote it down it was somewhere in the A's series. But I think it was game two. Regardless, like he had, you know, so, Ansel actually actually hit a triple too. Yeah, he, I think he had a triple or two. He had a couple doubles. He had a home run robbed. He's had like multiple. Yeah, in game multiple, three. Game yeah. three, Chad Pinder stole that would-be triple away from yeah. him. And with that, it was a nice catch in right field. But, I mean, that's on top of the already triple and the already two, three-hit three games in the prior two games. Like, he is an electric player. He's everything we wanted him to be in terms of a spark on this team. And I think... Quite the opposite for Glaber, who was that player at some point. He was the young, shiny toy that the Yankees were excited about running out there in the playoffs, and he's had that moment in like the Astro series. But he he just it's we're getting to a point, and this is the last thirty games. He has a twenty six WRC plus and negative WAR offensively, defensively. I mean, he's been bad. He's been he's one been, of the worst. He's players not. He's team. walking at a two point nine percent clip. He's just not getting on base. So. I think there's absolutely a world where he is on the bench for a large portion because it's not like he could be a defensive replacement because he's not that. I think what you're going to see is a rotation of second, third, and short. 
between IKF because they're showing that they're willing to bench him now too as well to get Cabrera at bats. So I think you're going to see those three rotate more so DJ and Donaldson, mainly because Donaldson's home and away splits are fucking just the most drastic thing you'll ever see. I don't have them pulled up in front of me, but if you want to look it up, I know you have that fancy laptop next to you. Um, it's like a 200-point difference in every slash line category of Josh Donaldson home and away. He's got like yeah. a 50 WRC So maybe So the, maybe there's just a world where we have sp- we're doing this thing that we kind of don't like that I've mentioned before on the show. Like, would you ever be – like buying into a uh, a home and away split team, uh, a lefty righty split team. Like we've seen other teams do that in like even the highest level of game of the World Series. We've seen Cody Bellinger and other te- people get benched in the World that was Series ridiculous. just because of a matchup. So like, are are would you buy into the like just Not- different platoons of lineups? Like we like we would know the lineup ahead of the game just not because of resting. Like if there's an away game against the lefty, you can basically write in the lineup. No, because this team is... The way everyone in this lineup plays, they're so fucking streaky. I don't even think it is really a lefty-righty thing. I think it's really just a day-to-day thing with them. And that could could be false for some people. It could be true for others. But for the most part, I feel like the team that I watch, it's some guys are hot, some guys are just cannot see the ball. And... I feel like that's just the way you got to put the lineup together because in playoff time, it's if, if Glaber is on one of those hot streaks that he goes on once in a while, there's no reason not to play him. I think that's just the way Aaron Boone is operating. I think that's the way that the Yankees should operate. Like if a guy's hitting, put him in there because there's a good chance he'll continue to hit. And if a guy cannot see the ball, like Aaron Hicks, there's a good chance to continue not seeing the ball. So just do not play him. I think there's a happy medium. I don't think there's a set. This is your lefty right, or this is your home lineup. This is your away lineup. This is your lefty righty lineups. I think to a little bit of Damon's point, you kind of have to ride the hot hand, especially with the infielders, because we've seen Glaber be a playoff hero time and time again. So, uh, but you don't have a chance with this team if you don't play it like that. You can't roll out that same lineup and every night and not be successful and expect it to work. And that's something that we've seen during this losing streak. Maybe they'll mix it up here or there, but major changes when you're fucking scoring zero, one run a game, I think they've been shut out like eight or nine times this year, stuff like that. You have to make moves and you have to have a quick leash. I think you'll see a quicker leash than you've ever seen. Cause if you don't, you're going to lose You're the Yankees, in order to make a run in this postseason, are going to have to have a quicker leash on those guys, the infielders, not named Rizzo, mainly because you don't really have a first baseman outside of DJ. But I, it wouldn't even shock me to see Rizzo get games off in the playoffs and put DJ in there. Just, just because of how they're all performing offensively, I think the whole playoffs is going to be just a total shit show of that infield. I don't think they're going to have the same lineup two games in a row. Yeah, and I, I think you I have to do that. I don't think win. that bodes well for winning games. I think the teams that do well are the ones that have guys that go in there every single look at the, look at the Braves. They had a set lineup every single night. But to was, like Stephen saying, we're so streaky, you can't do that. This team is not capable of doing obviously, that. Obviously, yeah. Or else just, you'll lose two weeks in a row like we've seen, and then you'll have two amazing weeks. I mean, you compare Glaber to the people that here are probably going to be, or not probably going to be, the people that are in conversation right now for potential replacements in terms of just time, active time in, in the playoff roster, not on the bench, are, I mean, name them. Josh Donaldson, Cabrera, 
that's probably it because you know DJ is going to be there already. Like the ones that are actually going to actively steal time away from him or he's competing against for time. Are you considering Matt Carpenter on the playoff roster? Is he coming back? Should he's, be. He's, he says he's not he done. Uh, then yes. I mean, Matt Carpenter, if we want to count him as well, over the last two months I pulled data from everybody. Matt Carpenter has 29 games in that time, and I don't need to tell you the stats of him, but he has a 216 WRC+. plus. Yeah. So he he is the outlier in this. He has the slam dunk. Yeah, I'm going to give him time because of what he was, obviously with the caveat that he, again, like Chapman and like uh, F. Ross are going to be rusty because he's, he's, and he's an older guy too, so there's that, that caveat. So yeah, throw him back. He's not as much of an outlier as these stats will show, but when you compare Glaber's last two months to Josh Donaldson and Oswaldo Cabrera, Obviously, Cabrera has less games, but I guess specifically Donaldson, because we've seen what we want to see out of Cabrera and what he can do uh, on both sides of the ball. But Donaldson, over the last exact amount of games, is Gleyber Torres. One has 46, one has 45, so it's exactly the same, pretty much the same plate appearances as well. Uh, Donaldson has a 96 WSC Plus versus Gleyber's 86. So it's relatively close, but, I mean, when you talk about Donaldson as being a useless human human out there, I mean, he's hitting at least average over the last two months. Um both are not hitting well average wise. I know I said they hit they're hitting average, average meaning average WRC plus. But uh, what's the home runs? Just out of curiosity. I know the home runs aren't everything. Six but. for Donaldson, five for Glaber. Uh RBI's way more efficient for Donaldson. He has twenty eight versus Glaber's eighteen. Uh, if you want to think that That's what I'm saying. If you all think these that are pretty much a toss. A, a spring chicken compared to Donaldson, he only has one more stolen base than Donaldson. One has two, the other has one. I don't know. That's the but that's what I'm saying. Most Same of these stats of are runs. pretty comparable, which is why I think they'll work in a platoon sort of right way. And that's what which is crazy. All to boils say down that, to, that there's going to be a, a pl- platoon lineup. of Glaber Torres and Josh Donaldson. There's just going to be which <clears throat> actually it's not that crazy because ahead of this year, Donaldson was had a great year. The prior year we know what he brings defensively. So and that's another strike on Glaber Torres is that Donaldson plays a good. Defense. He could play a good defensive third base. So if you shift, and that allows DJ to play his like true position, not play third base. He could play second base, and then I, I guess you have IKF playing shortstop or Cabrera playing shortstop. I don't know where they prefer playing Cabrera at this point because he's been bouncing around a bunch. But I think what these numbers are telling us, what the eye test is telling us, is that, and and I guess it's more so that I personally don't want to come to terms to say that Glaber Torres will be a bench player because. Then you're, you're all but writing him off for like the future of this team. Like if you can't pencil him in to a playoff series, and you have a 25 year old Labor Torres, so we were talking about being the free future of this franchise over Aaron Judge, who is having, he, who is going of all, time. of all time in the Yankees history. Um, that's crazy to say, and I know that's not a realization today, but I it in a, in a sense it is to me because. The fact that we're having this conversation and it's a legitimate conversation, it's not us being crazy, irrational Yankee fans, is kind of sad because I, Glaber Torres, I have his jersey on my wall. Like he's one of my favorite players. Sure as fuck, not anymore. But I, I yeah. think, and I think they're, they're, I guess, I guess what this decision is holds a lot more weight than you think because if they decide to not play him in the playoffs and do this, like that shows their, allegiance to him as a player and the their thoughts on him for the future of this franchise and i think there is a cause and effect relationship if he gets benched even in a platoon situation for a guy like josh donaldson in the playoffs 
I think he'll be traded this off, this off season. I, I think he's going to get traded anyway. But yeah. But regardless, I think that's their tell. Like, hey, this isn't our guy anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's not for lack of opportunity. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. It's disappointing. It's it is disappointing. a tough pill to swallow, but you can't really protect egos in October. Um, I, I I don't want them to. No, I, I think I, I think you're going to see that. a situation. I think at the like optimal playoff lineup would be i don't know this is another conversation to have do you want stanton and carpenter's bats both in there and then you're gonna have to find a place for cabrera which is probably gonna be short in that scenario uh, with dj playing third and glaber at second i think that's your most optimal lineup is with dj at third and glaber at second yeah i mean what, i feel what more confident is... in glaber than donaldson especially at home and especially against right handers i'll tell you that much what 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 is put out there every day is I'll tell you that much not what we're gonna want. Like I don't I don't think we're gonna be excited about or like I don't think there's gonna be a lineup that's put out there that that we're gonna say oh yeah that's exactly what I would have done. I mean I can tell you right now the outfield is pretty set in my mind. I haven't seen anything of Harrison Bader, but he's gonna be the center fielder. You know that it wouldn't shock me if he is a bench slash platoon guy and they work really in big games play in a while in big games if they work stanton into right field and you have been attendee judge stanton that way you could dh matt carpenter that wouldn't shock me i was only saying that because i assumed they would probably not play Stanton in the outfield coming off that injury i would say tonight's lineup is the closest thing to a playoff lineup you'll What's see the lineup tonight dj a third Judge in center, Benatendi left, Stanton DH, Glaber at second, Rizzo at first, Trevino catching, IKF at short, and Cabrera in right. That's the closest playoff ro- or playoff lineup we've had in a while. Yeah. Where's Judge? Center. center. I I, th- I really think that... I don't think Bader's a surefire starter. I think he is just because of how they're going to treat Stanton. Would I rather have what you just said and have Carpenter be the... Because putting Stanton in the outfield allows Carpenter to be... The DH, um, yeah, be, I, but I don't probably think, the I don't only think way they're going to play the field in the playoffs. But that's what I'm saying. It's the, that's probably the only way you can work in Carpenter, and I think Carpenter's bat has more of an impact than Bader's glove, and I think that's what you're really yeah, looking sense. at there. I think in a do or die game, what do you I have? Want, you you can't play for tomorrow in a do or die game. So you, well, but defense and speed is is important. But I think what we were talking about at the top of the show as well that we're missing in the the biggest area of need is hits. And I think adding a guy like Carpenter, who has over his full season 47 games, has a 218 WRC plus, batting 305, and has 15 home runs and 37 RBIs, that is not by chance. He was such a spark to this team, too. Look yeah. at the stats and when, after lefty. he went down. Like, this team has struggled a lot. And they struggled without Stanton, but they made do for at least for a little bit when Carpenter went down. It was a 90-degree just spiral straight down without Carpenter. Yeah. And that may sound cheesy and like I'm being dramatic, but he really had that effect on this offense. He was a guy when he came up that we all, at least here, at first it was you know sarcastic. It was like, oh, this guy's got a funny mustache. He's hitting bombs every at bat. But now... That it was undeniable that you can't just... You don't just get a 2.3 war in 47 games. No, like, but now he was happen. like... It was a guy that when he comes up, you're like, oh, thank God we have Carpenter coming. Like... Judge Stan Carpenter, nobody would have ever thought that before the season. But when you were sitting here a month ago and you're like, okay, our you know, two, three, four is healthy. And we're like, that's our solidified middle of the order bat, Matt Carpenter, that you're missing. And I think 
at least I think it would be crazy to leave him out of a playoff lineup if you can find a way to work him in. Yeah, especially no, right. in a do-or-die I, game. I, I think it's what they prioritize, and the team. But then, if you, the team that has had a lot of this year is defense, and it is speed, honestly. So, if there's one thing that you could leave off, it is when you're comparing the two, it is Bader's speed and defense. That's what he brings. So, like, do yep. you really? What would you prefer? I, nine, like a, a million times, I would want Carpenter's bat rather. Than, and I'm, and that's coming from me, a guy who likes the style of player that Bader is, a guy who can play his defense well and have. Electric yeah, but truth stuff be told, that, that's like a that's that's who you want on the bench. Hey, I don't want to like plan for having bench situations and guy guy coming off. You're spot on though. But what that, do you mean? That, that is the you're supposed to plan for that stuff. And no, I know, he, I, know he he do, do, I know it's supposed to plan for that. In, but sandwich, it would be a double switch. This is exactly what would happen. It would be in situations where Carpenter is DHing and Stanton's in the outfield. He would take Stanton's position. Stanton would shift to DH, and Carpenter would probably come out. Again, it's a perfect as, guy as a to have defensive on the replacement and pinch runner situation. That's exactly the move that's going to happen. Yeah, and that's what I could see in the playoffs. And obviously, on other days, maybe there's a bad matchup for lefties, and Carpenter doesn't DH, and then you have Bader in the outfield and Sant DHing, or Sant needs a time because he's probably if he does play the outfield, he's not going to do it for an entire series. Yeah, he's not going to do it for an entire month of playoffs, assuming we go far. Hopefully, like he's going to need time on the bench, and there's going to be that different platoon in the sense that. Carpenter's probably going to be the odd man out there, but in the, and that's we haven't even talked about Glaber and that. But I think I don't know. It's, there's a lot of interesting wrinkles the way they could shake this lineup up. Well, what's going to be the biggest effect? Oh, deciding factor. Geez, I can't fucking talk tonight. But the biggest deciding factor is going to be what they do with the roster when people start coming off the IL. I mean, yeah, you've got to find places for Hicks and Marwin if you want to keep them on. I think both of them should Marwin's be cast on away. Leave. Yeah, but. When he comes back, who do you move? Especially when you get Marwin back, and you well, get that depends. He might have dad strength, and you get Bader back. Yeah, well, hopefully we never fucking find out. <laughs> but these are all and Carpenter back. You're gonna have a roster crunch, and somebody you don't want to cut. Uh, not us, because we all would. If Aaron Hicks got cut tomorrow, we'd fucking celebrate. There'd be parties in the streets in New York, but that's not gonna happen. There's no way. Marwin, they haven't cut him yet for some fucking reason. He doesn't have a hit off of a pitcher since June. This is August, what is it, 29th? Yeah, he doesn't have a hit off a pitcher since June. And for some reason, he still has a roster spot. So it's going to be interesting, I think. And if they get rid of Cabrera, that just proves that they're not serious. You can't look your fan base in the eye. You can't look your fan base in a press conference and tell me that there's it was a numbers game when you're trying to win a World Series, allegedly. And you have fucking Marwin Gonzalez on your roster. He has no spot on this team anywhere, anywhere at all. There's no capacity. He's not fast. He doesn't hit. He feels okay. Like he serves no purpose. He shouldn't be on this team right now. (laughs) Peraza should be on this team right now or a number of guys. So that's just another interesting wrinkle in the playoffs. If they're more worried about egos and, you know, namely Cashman's in this, that like Marwin Gonzalez has a roster spot over any of those guys, whether it's Bader, whether it's Carpenter, whether it's Cabrera, that's a huge mistake, and that immediately puts you in a hole. I was just and not to make this episode all about stats, but um, I mean, we're talking about baseball. It's important. no, no, but I, what I was gonna, about about to bring up, um, I was just looking at ISO just to see like the raw power, and for those that don't know what ISO is, it's just a, like a sabermetric for determining raw power. It's slugging percentage minus batting average, and. Um, <clears throat> 
Let me read off a few on the Yankees, and then I'll have you guess what IKF's ISO is. Um, Jesus. So, Gleyber Torres, 182. Not a good one. Uh, Matt Carpenter, 422. Aaron Judge, 362. Rob Brantley in one game, 333. What's uh, a, what's average? On the team? No, and just for baseball. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, if I, I think it's to, like 200. If I had to guess, like, in the twos... Um, yeah, probably in the twos. But guess what IKF's ISO is? Six. I was going to say 50. Average is 0.14. It's 52. 0.052. Not good. So for those that's for those that like say, you know, IKF isn't that bad. He's batting 262. Like that's better than most of the players on the team. Um, impact with his bat is not a lot. He's He's not walking a ton. He's walking 5.7%. All this, I'm bringing this up because maybe he's a, a guy that Glaber would get more run over. Like, he, we forgot to include IKF in that conversation. They won't. I don't get it. I don't get their undying loyalty to him. Since July 17th, IKF, 239, 286, 284 with a 65 WRC+. plus. He has three extra base hits and 120 play appearances. We were crucifying Aaron Hicks for that. Like, yeah. A week ago. So for IKF defenders out there, I don't get it. And I shit on the guy a lot. Uh, I've pretty much come to terms with the fact that he's going to be the shortstop come October. But it doesn't make sense, and he shouldn't play over a Glaber. number of people. No, it, I think it's directly him versus Glaber. Him, Donaldson, would, Glaber are the three I that I think Glaber are or going Donaldson to be. Over him. Because, like, you know, Cabrera can, can find spots elsewhere he could be in the outfield in different pinches and stuff like that so it's you know it's glaber ikf and donaldson competing for but is it though because ikf is the only one who can really play shortstop in their eyes so cabrera cabrera is a shortstop He's a natural shortstop. Okay. So, but it doesn't make sense to me that peraza is not up i mean and we've harped on it before but the more that these stats come out and you see they ask Brian Cashman this every week, and he's just like, well, we don't really have a clear avenue. He only plays shortstop. So Peraza? It, yeah. Like, well, hey, buddy, there is a clear avenue. Our shortstop fucking blows. Like, he's. I was looking at him today. He's below average, like very below average defensively. I was looking at defensive stuff, and not to make it another IKF move on from that but it's playoff it's playoff but on the Peraza thing like I said a few episodes ago they can bring him up and have no service time like they completely just gain him for this year and does not count as a year of of service time so there's no downside to bringing him up whatsoever no zero other than to protect egos yeah Uh, on a lighter note uh, cold good who Cool. Looked pretty good. It looked great. It looked good. Yeah. 11 plenty, Ks. Plenty more out of him, but it looked good. 11 Ks into the shutout into the seventh. So that was, that was pretty He's fun. Good expected metrics this year. I was looking at him earlier. Somebody tweeted a little thing about it. So I went, did a little deep dive. He's got good expected numbers. I think this year in the grand scheme of things, God, I hope I'm right on this as an outlier. I, and it's not even a bad outlier. Like his stats aren't bad. Are they what you pay $324 million for? That's arguable, but I think it's a little bit of an unlucky season coupled with 
you know, giving up more home runs than usual. I think he'll be fine going forward. The more that I look at those stats and I see starts like he had the last time, I have more faith in him that I think he'll be okay going forward. Um, forward is in years from now, not forward this season. I think this season he still is your, like, no question. Number one, I have pretty much confidence in him if he's starting a playoff game. I don't expect him to be the best pitcher in the world, but I don't expect him to blow up. It's certainly a possibility, but I think that's something we just have to deal with at this point. Are you concerned at all, pivoting a little bit, are you concerned at all with uh, Clark Schmidt in his last outing, because his, his line for those who didn't see four point one innings pitched, four earned, seven Ks. K, Ks are just, high. That was but his first game started since when? Like he hasn't started a game in a long right, time. Right, I know that, but we we were talking about him having a big role or even a potential starter in will. this rotation. He was forced into the starter p- yeah. spot because of uh, Nestor being having the manipulated time here or the, the rest. Uh, but we were mentioning Clark Schmidt as a potential option to come up and have uh, eat. Does this alter your view of Clark Schmidt in the playoffs? First? Not at all. No, he's a bullpen arm this year. You you can't just bounce a fucking guy back and forth between AAA reliever, yeah, starter, bad long reliever, high leverage, short reliever. They've literally just bounced him around everything for whatever they needed. And when he's not doing that, he's in fucking Scranton. So excuse maybe but how are you supposed to settle into yeah. any kind of role like that especially as a pitcher we know anybody that watches baseball knows how superstitious they are how you know just notoriously routine oriented everything is as a pitcher you can't get into that routine if you don't know you know am i throwing 60 pitches a day am i throwing 100 are you expecting me to come in the 6 start cuz those are two completely different things are you going to give me a inning with runners on are you going to give me a clean inning he has no fucking idea what his role is it changes every four days so i i mean you can't blame the guy i don't think his stuff looked good i was watching it i mean his sliders were just spinning up there i think any i mean he gave up what eight or nine hits to the a's i think a good team would have just he would have been knocked out in the first or second but that i think that's more of a product of what they're doing to him than his pitching ability he came in in that mets game and gave us two and two thirds he kind of struggled to close it out but yeah, you know, I don't hold that against him. If you hold that against him, then what are you doing? Because he's been one of the one of the brighter spots in our bullpen, I think, especially as of late. So, yeah, I'm not concerned about him. I think I don't know if they'll put him on the playoff roster. I think a lot depends on injuries. I think it depends on Zach Britton left his rehab outing the other day. I think it a lot depends on how the dominoes fall on that. If he does make the playoff roster. No shit, he'll be a bullpen arm, and I don't think he was ever going to be a high leverage one unless you just needed innings. Um, but yeah. I, I don't think it. To answer your question, no, I don't think it affects his role in any way. Yeah. Um, just one last note on uh, that I was thinking about with uh, the Glaber situation because I, I recently saw obviously the the Julio Rodriguez extension and that extension being similar to those of like the Braves that we've seen, and the Braves are just swindling people like. For, for reference of those of you that weren't paying attention, the Braves have their entire, not even like trio, it's like a, a core. Their entire core is together for like the next seven or eight years. And yeah. every single one of those deals, I don't know who the general manager is for the Braves, but he deserves a raise because he's... He's not getting paid enough. Whatever it is, he's not swindling. Paid I mean, some of these deals, Austin Riley, <clears throat> I mean, they do it, the, the way they do it is similar to that of what Julio Rodriguez just got is like, extending them early before they have the chance to it makes sense from both sides like extending them before they have the chance to get hurt from the player perspective that's why they would take 
in in the eyes of me right now a discount because of what the player that they can be and if they keep playing at this rate you know obviously they can make a lot more what judge may be asking for uh but they could get hurt so it, it makes sense for guys like julio rodriguez ronald acuna Ozzy albies to all accept early deals like this but like austin riley has 10 years 212 million dollars that's 21 million dollars in average salary uh he becomes a free agent in 2023 2034 uh 21 million is is a discount for a player that he seems like he can be um Matt Olson 21 million dollars a year he's a free agent in 2031 8 years 168 million uh Acuña 8 years 100 million he's making 12 and a half million dollars he's going to be a generational player yeah like it, well, it's, Acuna? it's yeah yeah i mean yeah well, no, I'm supporting what you yeah, just said. I know, but like that's obvious. Like Eleven eyes. Well, that's no, obvious, but I mean, though. he was gonna. There was more to that right? point. Whole, this whole point's obvious that the yeah. GM's great. Yeah, I know. All right, yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah. what do you want me to say to you? No, I, I mean, that's a stupid but fact. I, I you know, I know. But and then Michael Harris. Jesus he, Christ! Can't, can't please anybody around here. Please, me, Dan. You please me. I would just okay. I was, I was on your side. Michael Harris, eight years, seventy-two million. He is making nine million dollars a year. Uh, Ozzy Alves, seven years, $35 million a year. He's making $5 million. Yeah. That one is a fuck. That's upsetting. He deserves a lot more than that. But now, I don't know what the Rodriguez deal was, but it was, it was similar. But all that to say, I'm very happy that Glaber didn't get one of those deals, yeah. which is sad to say because Julio Rodriguez's deal is not like that. His has the potential his, to be up to $450 million. It's 12 for 210. I think, but, but then there's between, an upside of yeah. upwards of 450. Yeah, based on what he based does. Based on how he does. Really? They project it to be yeah. if very cool deal. Yeah, even if he doesn't like reach his full potential, he's still expected to make in the 300. It's like it's like the first deal we've seen in recent history where it actually is based off the player's performance. Yeah. Right. So it says the the headline of this is long-term contract Rodriguez is locked up through 2034 and the deal could run yeah. until 2039. Yeah, it depends on how how well wow. he does in MVP race and if they pick up options or if he agrees to could be one of the largest contracts in MLB history. Well, I, I guess I, I didn't read into this. I just saw yeah. a young player signing a very long contract and the, that's, that's insane. No, or you could end up like deal. Tatis. 12 guaranteed really years through 2034. Right. And that, that's what, that's the downside of the, the franchise doing a deal like this, but it's I mean, worth it's, it. a, it's worth it, it on both be, sides. It I could think. be a win-win. It could be lose-lose for both sides. Like it's, it's. That's why I think it's good. I mean, that's so just years, doing contracts in general yeah. with people. Yeah, that's what two hundred ten mil on the front office to know their players and do their shit. I mean, that's the whole thing that. But also, Eric players, Cole players clearly, clearly want to play for the Braves. It's like they're building a team together because they they all agree that they want to play together and they care about fucking winning. And the front winning. office cares about fucking. And they winning. have won. It's like let's shit to do this shit again. That's what I don't get. I don't understand and why none, the Yankees basically won't do none it. of them are in their fucking primes yet. Yeah, they're all twenty, like, which is which is ridiculous. Ronald Acuna has been up for like four years. He's like twenty three. Yeah, they, they they're not afraid to call people up. They have a winning formula. Yeah, the I, oldest guy is Matt Olson, twenty eight. I don't understand why the Yankees won't follow baseman, that. So he, his game can play. Well, Acuna, he Acuna have the pedigreed guys and the minor leaguers to follow that same route. And they refuse to fucking do it for guys like Isaiah Kiner Falefa. And I'm just using him as an example because we're loaded at shortstop. And they won't do it. And it makes zero fucking sense. It yeah. is proven to work. And what you're doing is proven not to work. You haven't won a World Series in 13 years. You've been to one in the last fucking 20. 
I mean, the blueprint's right in front of you. It's no grand secret. I'm not a fucking GM, and I make far less than Brian Cashman, but like, I can look and see what the Braves are doing and be like, hey, we have a similar structure to that, top-down, and more money, and we can't figure it out. And that's so fucking aggravating as a fan, yeah, no. which is kind of a little tangent rabbit hole that we're going down here talking about the Braves but no it's relevant though but that's the bottom line and that good like that ties into the playoff roster especially if you don't have guys like Cabrera starting like it's disgusting it really is but on a lighter note since we're talking about how the teams run there is a report that Mr. Cashman's signing a pretty nice extension coming up soon so snaps whatever I don't, I don't yeah, know. There's reports that Boone's going to get fired from a secret MLB exec. Well, that's is, not like reports that he's fired. It's saying he could get fired if they don't win important playoff series. If it's like, yeah, the article know. is just like, yeah, basically, if he doesn't get past the a- ALDS, don't be shocked. I'm like, I'm not worried about any of that until yeah, the quick, let's Just do a quick reaction to that. I I don't agree with it. I, I I think there are the team's issues run way deeper than the manager. A manager only has so much It's run. not Boone's fault. It's not Boone's. I, and I honestly haven't been that upset with Boone. Am I, am I wrong in saying that? No, I have no problem. He's done fine. Yeah, I mean yeah, like I mean, there's, I, there's, no, there's only so much you can do. I suppose the injuries and the ways he's yeah. playing. Is he the best to, manager no, ever? No. No, it's is absolutely he what's not. making this team lose? Absolutely not. No, I, I think we need to stop with the narrative that as soon as this team starts playing poorly, we need to say fire Boone. Like it's not. Everybody knows that that is kind of what happens when a, when a team starts to suck. The the manager is just like a, a like a pawn or whatever. I'm, I'm, the word's escaping me, but he, he's no, but he's the he's just the fall guy. Like they're going to get hit. Scapegoat. Yeah, the scapegoat, and it's just not. It's never like this team has flaws well beyond the manager. And it's just, it's, I wouldn't even, they are flaws, but it's just, they're a streaky bunch. Every single one of them are streaky. So it's just, this is yeah. how it's going to happen. It's like the general baseball. manager, the way that the team's built, to, not the way it's managed. The yeah. general manager so the that they're about to extend for God knows how long is the problem. Yeah. That's the end of it. Yeah. I would like to see some fresh blood in the front office. So I don't think Boone's the issue. We're never going to see that either. And Boone's just going to be, I think if it gets out of hand for a couple of years in a row, if they collapse this year and don't make the playoffs, maybe. If they make the wild card instead of win the East and they lose in the wild card, I could see it. I think it would take something drastic, mainly just because they're going to bring Cashman back. So what's the point? Like you're going to run out the same shit every year. You might as well have the guy who's shown he can handle the media and doing it. So, yeah, Um, I think that'll do it. I think my favorite real quick, my favorite criticism of Boone is when, People are playing bad. Like he can't even fire up his team. Like these are grown thirty-year-old men out here. If you can't get up to fucking go do your job and try and win a World Series, uh, then that's on you, man. He's, you're not of, a fucking for the amount of money you're making too. That's enough of an incentive for most people to do things. So, yeah, I'll do take a fastball off the fucking teeth for a third of that every day. I actually with a smile on my face. That, I did see a funny thing. It was like, what would you? If you were given five million dollars, would you, but like the caveat is that you have to be hit at full speed one time a year at random by Derrick Henry. Yes, would you do it? Absolutely. You Absolutely. Get, so you get five million, but every year, unbeknownst to you, you'll never know when it happens. Randomly, Derrick Henry is going to hit you at Absolutely. full speed once a year. Once a year for Absolutely. the rest of your life. Absolutely. I mean, it's going to kill you. One Ooh. of the, one of these years is gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna live my life to the fullest. Absolutely. I don't know. 
I would probably do it too, but I wouldn't be happy about it when it when it happens. What was it fifteen million dollars? Five. Yeah. Yeah. Still, yeah. Chill. <laughs> do you know how much money that well, is? What would you do? Yeah, I mean, do you know how, many, how much money you're gonna spend in medical bills? Probably zero. Um, you don't I'll, get insurance though. I'll figure a strategy out. It's eventually. all out of pocket. You ever seen the Evo Shield rib guards? Put one. Of those <laughs> you on. wear Kevlar for the rest of your life. Sure, I'll be fucking jacked too. <laughs> yeah, I just motivate, motivate me to work out more, be healthier. I don't, not that I'll just buy it. And no matter how much you work out, you're gonna get got by him. So I don't think that I'll it's take a, it. I it's only care. a trucking, right? He's not tacking. Yeah, he's he's, he's stiff arming you. I'll be fine. No, it's lower the shoulder into you. That's fine. I'm cool with I'll it. Be, I'll be totally fine. Would yeah. you do it for one million? Yeah. Yeah. This is for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Five hundred K. Where's the line here? I think a million's millions the line. It's once a year? Every single year. But, but I thought it was once a month. Once a year? The you thought life. you were gonna do it for once a month for uh, the rest yeah, of your that's, life? That's ridiculous. Yeah. I would never do that. Uh once a year, I would do that for it's lump sum. Annuities. No, well, no, we'll lump sum. <laughs> yeah, I don't want annuity. Uh, lump sum. I would do it for like, like two hundred gram. <laughs> That's insane. No, I, I think the do. medical bills would be. I would do that. No, unless you just toughed it out. I wouldn't make it. I would see Chandler walking around, just going going to the bar. Like, hey, God, you guys got a you guys got a handicap entrance for our friend here. He's gonna, yeah, but I'm only he's handicapped. A little, he's a little messed up. And then Derrick Henry comes through the window like the Kool-Aid man, and he just trucks you. I think the only time you're in, like, really bad spot there is if he gets you in, like, New Year's, and then he goes and gets you, like, three days later. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bitch. Because it's one per year, so it could yeah, be, so it could could be, be like, three days. I prefer that because then, then I don't worry no, about the rest that, of the year. Then yeah. that's death, though. I'm if you fine. get two... Another interesting thing, interesting wrinkle here is you are going to get hit every year for the rest of your life. He's aging too. Exactly. So you're going to get. Oh, he's I'm older chilling. than. Yeah, he's three years older than. Yeah. Me. All right. My yeah. number is now 500 K. But when you're older, you're gonna it's, you're gonna get like brittler and yeah. yeah but so he, is he though. Yeah, but he's also jacked. So he's and I mean, if I know if I had that much money, I would not keep working out whenever I was done with football. His body's going to deteriorate faster than mine. Mm-hmm. You think? Yeah. yeah. Professional athlete, dude. A professional running back? Yeah, I guess when your body's already deteriorated at the level from... He's, he's going to be limping when he's 45. He's already he's limping. He's, he's, he's already uh, limping. The, the level, for, the drop-off is much lower Yeah, from prime Damon to yeah, soon to be Damon. Prime Damon's gone. <laughs> I'm not worried about it until... Say. <laughs> <laughs> prime Damon was one knee ago. <laughs> That's uh, nonsense. So if you want to... Uh, to help Damon get a better knee, we'll start a GoFundMe, and he can. Uh, That'd be so funny if Damon got a knee replacement at like twenty six. Just, the, just for fun. <laughs> the, list, the listeners paid for Damon's knee replacement. <laughs> yeah, there's no reason to have it. Like it doesn't affect his day to day life. No, it'll make him a better podcaster. Yeah, it's true. You could ride your bike over here quicker. Yeah, yeah. All right, that is it from us. Um, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, go check us out. If you're on YouTube, if you're not, it is. Uh, the Bronx Pinstripes YouTube. These episodes are going to be uploaded a little earlier on there. You can watch them live usually and uh, hop in the chat and chat with us. But if you are watching on YouTube, you'll probably notice that we're all wearing the same shirt. And that is one of my friends from high school. He made uh, these pretty cool shirts. They're really retro, uh, old Yankees and some new. Uh, they Honestly, it's cool because it's like a the, the theme is like the Honus Wagner baseball card. And it just like every Yankee great, like DiMaggio, Gehrig, Jeter, Judge, uh, Mantle, all 
on the back. It's pretty cool. Uh, that's just a little bit of a tease, but uh, we'll post it on our social media. So look out for that. And uh, yeah, you guys can can buy them. They're they're really really nice. The quality is really good. Uh, they're comfort colors. I like comfort colors. Uh, the front is like a, you you guys can't really see it, but the front is like a uh, an old ticket stub, and the back we'll we'll show you pictures of. It, but it's really cool. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, breaking yeah. news to close out the show: Davy Debbie Garcia, whatever. Sorry for Damon flushing the toilet in the background. It just got called up to AAA. Cool. He sucks. So. Sit next to me